Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. I'm Tyler, and as always, my co-host, Ryan and Nick. Garbage Boy couldn't join us today, <laughs> but this is I, Spooky Boy, for Spooktober. Spooky boy. <laughs> I'm here, and we're gonna get scary. We're gonna get scary. That was weird. And he's back, and you can't keep him down. <laughs> no, it's me, Spooky Boy. <laughs> what a great one, too, for Little little Shop of Horrors. What a great one, because we know we're going to get spooked out in this episode. So, Oh, yes, and I will not be doing this voice the entire time. Thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was Dracula, right? That was it was a little a little, a little yeah. Count Dracula, like, yeah. Count Chocula, Count Dracula, Count Chocula, yeah. Chocula. something like that in the family. <laughs> Definitely cousin of Dracula, specifically yeah. Count Chocula. All right, <laughs> specifically. You'll be a dentist. You have the talent for causing things. You know it, Tyler. Pain. Pain. <laughs> now spit. Yes, doctor. <laughs> Sorry, Classic. what? Sorry, what? <laughs> Sorry, doctor. Oh, man. Look, your temperament's yeah. all wrong for the priesthood. I've been saying that for years. <laughs> There's a lot of moments that I, I remember watching this back when I was a kid, and definitely it didn't hit any chords. Now I'm like, oh, oh that's interesting. I definitely <laughs> didn't see that when I was younger. Yeah, it's funny, a lot of it's that. funny when you're a kid, right? And you watch these movies. I remember this very much with Black, uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's that you watch it one way as a young person and then you get older and you start to get everything and you're like, dang, yeah, this thing's exactly, dark, man. man. Shit gets dark. <laughs> yeah, it, it was pretty dark, especially that silhouette scene. Oh, right? Yeah. <laughs> Aggressive. Yeah, man. <laughs> Amazing hair. You know what I had forgot? I had forgot that Steve Martin flies in on the motorcycle like straight out of nowhere. That's just genius cinematography. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> I liked him jumping off of the motorcycle and then moving a few feet and then stops. Yeah, self I like that. It's That's unbelievable. It <laughs> Who wants their teeth done? by the Marquis de Sade. Nobody. Nobody wants that. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah. I definitely like that where the bike kind of self, you know, self-parks right there. But, man, all of us have seen this as kids. So, if, yeah, if I happens, watch this all the time. And who knows with COVID, but if this happens, Chris Evans would be playing the dentist in the reboot recast here. Yeah, I saw that. Really? So, and, I think he uh, did nail that part. I mean, Captain America is a dentist. I love that. <laughs> I really do hope that he has the same haircut. I thought Steve Martin's hair looked great. And Unbelievable of course, uh, hair. Scarlett Johansson would be uh, Audrey. Audrey. Yeah, yep. Audrey 1, not Audrey 2. So. <laughs> Just as long as she doesn't do the voice. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we get how to... Much, into, how much singing am I contractually allowed to do on this episode? You get four songs, <laughs> and you can only do Suddenly Seymour once. I okay, reserve the right. <laughs> there it is. There I, it is. But I reserve... You can only do it once. really. <laughs> <laughs> so you can do suddenly see more once, but I reserve the right to do it anytime. So All right. listen, if you do it, I reserve the right to suddenly jump in. see more. <laughs> oh my goodness! You. Why you don't need like, no makeup, Tyler? You don't need makeup. You're fine, man. Just trim the beard. You're good. No mascara. So, <laughs> a little bit, maybe a little bit. You know, I, I like eyes. that song, but I. Like, honestly, I think it's the worst one out of it all is. of them. Yeah, uh, it is. Yeah. I don't like it. You know it, what, but... though? Ellen Green, and we're, we'll get into it a little bit. Um, she was not the original choice there. She has done a ton of voice work for some of your Batman animated movies, Tyler. So shouts. Um, she, I think she was told to do that by Yoda. I'm pretty sure Frank Oz, who directed <laughs> this movie, was kind of guiding her in that direction. Because her phrasing is like, I don't remember it being that sort of like Brooklyn-y, weird, Seymour. You know, yeah. it was a little bit, a little bit much. Definitely her voice and the way that she sang was a choice, and I she really wish that they made another one. <laughs> <laughs> great push-up bra. I mean, you can't go wrong. Yeah, her breasts are out there, man. <laughs> They're basically flopping out. Classic. Listen, Scarlett Johansson's going to crush this role. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing her in it, just like I was looking forward to see her in that Don... Was it Don, Don uh, Juan? Juan? Yeah, Don yeah. Juan. Yeah. yeah, it was unbelievable. <laughs> What's, uh, uh, let me ask you this question. Do you think it is this movie is ripe for this reboot, or do you think they're you know pushing it here? Uh, I think it's time. I'm, I'm more I interested so in Scarlett Johansson yeah, and Chris Evans like coming back together to do that, but I think it's Taron time. Taron Edgerton, he's going to be able to sing Suddenly Seymour? Yeah, mm. sure. I mean, didn't he do some singing <laughs> in uh, Rocket Man? 
He did all the singing as far he as I know. He did all the singing. Okay. So. <laughs> was it really him though? Or was it, you know, that know. one guy? They probably right? had producer Ryan clean it up like he does with me. <laughs> <laughs> Add more cowbell. When we do get into the movie, I want to talk about the uh, the audio in it. Yeah, I, I have to give it some gold stars. <laughs> all right. Uh, right on. All right. So before we go too into Little Shop of Horrors, we're going to do a little bit of movie news first. Uh, so first thing I wanted to talk about was the box office. So, because I looked at it as far as last weekend, number one was uh, Tenant at two point seven million. Hocus and I want to say Tyler, yeah, Hocus Pocus was the weird one there, and it was really yeah. close. But Tenant crossed the three hundred uh, three hundred million threshold overseas. Yeah, uh, with only like fifty million US. It's actually going to come pretty dang close to breaking even with a two hundred five budget. So not a total flop, although obviously it scared the crap out of Hollywood. Oh yeah, but breaking breaking even for a Chris Nolan movie. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, or even that. just Hocus Pocus coming in second. You know, a movie from the nineties. To be fair, though, it's a great movie. Hocus it Pocus is really what, good. Like ninety three, I think. I, I love uh, that movie. I think yeah, ninety four. Uh... Yeah, but it, somewhere around there. But Hocus Pocus is great. Is that with Sarah Jessica Parker? Yeah, yeah. Midler. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, yes. Okay. Midler, yeah. That was good. I thought that was a Disney original, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. It was in the box office. <laughs> um, it was a Disney original, but it did not go straight to Disney Channel or anything like that. It did actually go in theaters, but it came at a weird time. Like they released it in July. And for whatever, and of course, nobody that. saw that. Yeah, Rob <laughs> so, Zombie, take notes. I hate when yeah, they do shit like that. It's so weird, but you know, it's now Hocus Pocus is a cult classic. But of course, you know, they finished up one one point nine million because they've been playing him in theaters too. Uh, a lot of theaters, you know, over here in Vegas have been playing it. And then the New Mutants, one million dollars. So top oh, top shoot. three wow. right there. So, wow. <laughs> Tyler, I would this just declare the... that a victory yeah. and drop so, the microphone. There you go. I, that, there you go. You can concede now. So <laughs> you know what. I think that all of this was planned just so that it can get in the top five. <laughs> it's, it they weren't is, even thinking about the top three. They were like, at least top five, please. Yeah, it was the only scenario where this could make top three yeah. or in, even top five. In the multiverse, like, I hope the Hocus Pocus witches take on the mutants. Oh, there you go. That's nice. Speaking oh, yeah, of, that would be pretty great. Uh, speaking of mutants, <laughs> so this isn't really movie news, but I saw a really cool X-Men theory for getting you know the mutants or X-Men into the MCU. And uh, I think you can even find it on Screen Rant, but this one person is just like, they had it where, and they could even do it where Professor X just mind wipes everybody from the thoughts of the X-Men. So every time a mutant pops up, Professor X just mind wipes them. And so that's mm. one of the thoughts, I guess, on the drawing board is how to introduce eh, feels mutants lazy to into me. the MCU. Feels gimmicky. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it because there's no psychics in the MCU right now, at least, at least as far as I think, right? There's no telepaths uh, or anything like that. Well, so it's, it's just... Scarlet, Scarlet Witch isn't, she doesn't have some... No, so, she's yeah, not no, not, not right now. Like she's still, what's it? She's got the glowy thing on her fingers and then she moves stuff. Like that's... Yeah. 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 Even then, like her powers are really vague. I'm sure we'll get more of it in WandaVision, but... but would Charles Xavier do that? Like, is that in character? It's unethical. For him to do? Yeah, he's done that before. Yeah, he's he's mind wiped people before. Oh, he did it for Jean Grey. Didn't he do it with Jean yeah, Grey? Yeah, yeah. Jean Grey, of course, is the famous uh, one. Yes, yes. Um, but there's <laughs> but there's there's quite a few examples of him mind wiping people or him being like mind controlled somehow and mind wiping people. So it's happened before in storylines where he's done but the that. entire the entire world, the entire I mean, he American is population. Yeah, he is whatever. supposed to be the most powerful, you know, uh, psychic. So if anyone could do it, that. yeah, he could. What, what are you talking about? He's got uh, what's it called? Cerebro. Cerebro is going to help him do it. Um, so. If they bring yeah. that fucking Cerebro thing back, I'm so sick of that stupid thing. <laughs> Cerebro is so great. critical to X. Yeah, it yeah. is. You're, you're a madman. How dare you? That's, How is he going to find the other mutants without it. Okay? I don't know, True. Put your finger on your forehead and figure Humans it out. Humans are blue and then mutants are red, all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Come on. Yeah. Don't awesome. change the color coding on me because I'll be lost, all right? <laughs> um, other movie news I got, so we got a Green Lantern TV series has been greenlit, pun intended, on HBO mm, Max. So we're really? going to get, yeah, so we're going to get 10 one-hour episodes. Is it yeah. like the Lantern Corps or what are we talking about? Which Green Lantern? Uh, so it is going to be a couple of them but it won't be the main ones so it will not be uh hal jordan or even john stewart so okay. yeah so what they're going like. to be doing uh they're going to be including guy gardner jessica cruz simon oh. bays and alan scott as far as with their green lantern core so guy gardner think, has some pretty good uh storylines with him and he's got think, the best uh, haircut <laughs> you think this is worth it you think this is work uh this is going to work because it's got to be expensive 
I mean, yeah. define work. <laughs> I think <laughs> I, I think it could I think it could work out. I mean, obviously they're not going to do Hal Jordan or John Stewart because they're going to save those for whatever is happening with the DCEU or the mainstream. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> um, but same thing with the series. You know, this could be like in the same universe as Titans, or even the same universe as Doom Patrol, or it could be, I guess, sort of connected to the Affleck verse. Or we we don't know. Like it could it could be anything. Like it could just be a standalone, or it could be a wider universe. I think I might prefer it if they just kept it as standalone and then introduce it, you know, into whatever the stronger, you know, universe is. Maybe. I, and I, feel, I feel like they have gotten better with CG that maybe this will work out. You know, it won't be no, uh, what is that, Ryan? As long Reynolds. as Ryan Reynolds is <laughs> yeah. in it, yeah, we got a shot. <laughs> There's been, a, yeah. I, I know every now and again, someone throws it out there like, hey, what if you brought Ryan Reynolds back as Green Lantern, you know, into the Snyderverse or, you know. <laughs> Isn't he, he, he's not opposed to it, right? He, no, I, I don't think he is. He'd be down to come back and do it. I mean, it's, it'd be funny. It'd be really funny if he did show up and who, he kind of redeemed himself in for it. Who's clamoring for that? But... Is it Ryan Reynolds clamoring for that? Maybe Rick Moranis <laughs> and those are the only two? Who's clamoring? Uh, <laughs> who, I guess those uh, sort of Green Lantern fans of Ryan Reynolds or just people, Deadpool fans maybe. They might you can, Tyler, you can bring Blake Lively back, but please don't bring <laughs> Ryan Reynolds back. Tyler, Tyler, correct me if I'm wrong, but was it that Green Lantern was Ryan Reynolds' favorite superhero, or was it Deadpool? Well, I believe it's money. Because I think it was <laughs> no, because one of them he was excited for because he was like, "Oh yeah, that's my favorite that's uh, superhero." He was excited about Deadpool. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I don't know if he was excited about uh, Green Lantern, but he is pretty much the one I think who leaked that uh, that trailer that we got like about a year or two years before oh, Deadpool yeah, came yeah. out. So he kind of finally came out and said that he was the one that leaked it or was part of the one <laughs> or he told his intern, you know, to leak it for him. <laughs> Speaking so. of which, uh, we're talking about Ryan Reynolds. Have you guys seen the trailer for Last Man? Yeah, I uh, No, I haven't. I think it looks pretty interesting. I don't know. Maybe very, I'm just very too video into video gaming. games. <laughs> These video game movies are always a shit show. Is, that's I thought not, it looked a little goofy. That's not Free Guy, right? This is something different. Oh, no, or? no, yeah, no, Free Guy. Oh, okay, yeah, Free Guy. Oh, okay, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. That one is, uh, you know what? I'd watch that one. Maybe not on yeah, I th- theaters. Yeah, I'd watch but, it yeah. too. I thought I think it's interesting. I'm not into video game movies. And like, what is that one with Adam Sandler that came out? Oh, um, Pixels. Yeah, I, that was yeah, okay. Pixel. That was I thought, watchable. I thought, well, I thought that was hokey, but <laughs> this one looks a little more like fleshed out where it's one of the NPCs in the um, game. I think it's interesting. I'm going to tell you right now, when Ryan Reynolds swings and misses, they are huge and expensive misses. R.I.P.D. <laughs> <laughs> <R-I-P-D. laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. This one looks expensive and it's going to be a miss. <laughs> yeah, definitely. This looks like if it's terrible, it's going to be really terrible. But <laughs> He lucked trailer... out with that Pokemon movie. This is going to be yeah. a miss. <laughs> the trailer it looks pretty interesting and uh i don't know if you guys saw the companion trailer that came out like a couple of days ago or a couple of weeks ago possibly it was free guy coming out sometime because of the whole COVID <laughs> oh. thing. it was pretty funny go check out ryan reynolds youtube he has some uh, pretty interesting videos up there it's weird i love <laughs> always liked his sense of humor but i i just think he chooses bad scripts often <laughs> it's money. It's, it's money. money. Yep, it's always right. the money, answer to so. all of your questions is money. <laughs> doesn't doesn't he own like a uh, he owns a gin a phone thing. service? Uh, does he own that mint or whatever that is with the Rick Moranis commercial? That Canadian oh, yeah. phone service company? I don't know. He I might think, be um, either he owns it or he has like a large portion of stocks. But you said he owns a gym also, Tyler. Uh, he owns no. He owns uh like gin like uh. A company oh, yeah, that makes yes. the gin, yeah, I forget, Aviators yeah, Gin yeah. or something like that. So I know, I know yeah, he owns that. He, and... used, he used one to advertise for the other. Yeah, which I uh, thought was funny. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> him and Hugh Jackman, they did that whole thing where they advertise with the coffee and then with the gin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Hugh Jackman, I think, just opens up the bottle and just lets it all drain out. <laughs> but then Ryan Reynolds does like, an actual sincere commercial for Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, I like I their back and forth. It's pretty classic. Yeah, it's good. It's <laughs> great. Too. I was about to say i i like their their relationship even outside of the movies and stuff like that you see it on twitter yeah. you see it in memes and stuff like that there's definitely a friendship yeah, there it and makes I, me, I respect uh, that it makes me a little sad that we'll never see you know logan wolverine and uh deadpool on the same screen at least with hugh jackman as wolverine so yeah that actually kind of sucks yeah because in be the great. comic books they're great together yeah you know and <laughs> You'll i probably kinda... see them together it just won't be hugh jackman that's all yeah nah, that's yeah that's, that's different i guess 
Speaking of uh, comic book chemistry, uh, Cumberbatch is going to show up in the next Spider-Man movie. That was announced. It's official today. Oh, cool. so is that okay. leaning more toward like into the multiverse or into the Spider-verse? Yeah, I had uh, I heard a couple things, at least with Doctor Strange, too, because it's dealing specifically with the multiverse that they were going to try to maybe open some doors to those previous Spider-Man movies and even previous, you know, Marvel movies. So, of course, X-Men's the big one, you know, that everybody's wondering about. But I think everybody would love to see a live action, you know, into the Spider-Verse, at least with, you know, our three Spider-Mans. So, yeah, yeah. I think that would be interesting. This, yeah. and this feels weird because DC, I feel like they're going in the same direction. Why are we doing two things at the same time? <laughs> well, because, <laughs> because one's going to do it better. <laughs> yeah, Marvel can do it better. Gotcha. <laughs> I can already now watch. Uh, <laughs> now we're talking about a cucumber match, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Cumber latch. My, yeah. my buddy Matt's okay. favorite Marvel. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. His favorite, yeah. He always says Doctor it's not Strange his favorite Matt. Marvel. Yeah. <laughs> He's a liar. We have the tape. (laughs) Play the tape. All right. uh, Do you guys have any movie news at all that you want to throw in there? A a couple couple quick ones. Uh, The Stan trailer came out. Uh, I know CBS All Access. You want me to pay for you. I will not do it, although that trailer wasn't all that bad. (laughs) And then the Mank trailer, the David Fincher movie about the guy who wrote Citizen Kane came out. I think that's also Mm. worth watching uh, watching and interesting. And then I know just for you guys, because it's Spooktober, uh, Elf on the Shelf, the horror movie is coming to Netflix. Excited oh, about cool. that? <laughs> I have not I heard know. about that, but I am I am interested. You have my curiosity, so <laughs> raised Nick, eyebrow. I don't, You're I don't even know what Elf on the Shelf is. Like I don't completely understand. I, totally it. I know it's an elf, and I know it's on the shelf, and you can't touch it. Yeah, but I don't it, even though. understand. <laughs> because of uh, you're a new daddy, you're going to learn about it soon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, so, and it's going to traumatize my child. <laughs> so elf, elf on the shelf, I guess, is just this elf that sits there and is supposed to watch your kids when they're being, or it keeps an eye on your kids for Santa. Uh, so it tells right. Santa directly if they're being. So back. not just a lie, but a creepy one. Yes, I see. I, I thought I thought Elf on a Shelf was like hot dog on a stick, <laughs> <laughs> where you eat it, you deep fry it, and you eat it. Yeah, something along those lines. I it's, mean, why not? <laughs> the the Elf is Keith Rainier. It's a it's a dirty little secret. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this week we're going to be doing Little Shop of Horrors. Then was this nineteen eighty six? Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, 1986. <laughs> yeah, 1986. So, uh, who's Rick Moranis, of course. Yes. Uh, the only movie, I guess, with Bill Murray and uh, Steve Martin where they actually appear together and they actually work together, which is a little weird. I thought they had done other things. Yeah, but what? Are you serious? Yeah, this is the only one to interact. And, of course, it's it's great, you know? you know. Yeah, it definitely is. It, there's a lot By of reasons the way, Bill Murray, all ad-libbed, every word of it. Yeah, I, I had saw that too. Like, I guess they had a hard time editing, you know, what to choose because they had to make something that was coherent. But that whole scene is definitely going to tell my friends about you. You, know <laughs> you know what? I kind of felt like it was. It, it, it kind of gave off that uh, that aura. <laughs> well, you're big on the improv, guys, right? They both kind of stem from Saturday Night Live beginnings. And uh, I think it works. I think it's great chemistry. It's a great scene. It's it's movie stealing almost. <laughs> You know what, and Tyler? Before you mentioned that they were, this was the first movie. It kind of felt like Adam Sandler and getting all of his friends to be in his movie. I felt like all of these guys are friends. They're like, "Oh, we're doing this movie. Yeah. Let's get John Candy in. Oh, Rick Moranis, come on, let's do it with uh, Bill Murray. Yeah, we'll all do it together." I, I I got that vibe, just like Adam Sandler and all of his friends. Yeah, you're just missing Dan Aykroyd, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but he's probably doing something weird. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's making baka jars or whatever it is he does. In '86, he was probably. Everybody's cocaine, involved with so. liquor. <laughs> yeah. God, Connor McGregor. It's not good whiskey. Settle down. <laughs> hey, it's money, Nick. It's, it's money. money. Dollar, dollar people bills. are going to pay to get drunk, especially right now. <laughs> Hollywood people love money. But uh, Ryan, what was your reaction? Because you said you've seen this before as a kid, but watching yeah. it as an adult, what's your reaction to this? Audrey's voice is terrible. Yes, doctor. <laughs> her singing voice is, is, is pretty good, but just, oh man, her speaking voice, it's just grating. Like, ah, again, it was a choice by the director, by her, whatever, I don't care. But you're trying to tell me, what is the joke here? Is the joke her voice? Because... It's not a funny joke. Because it's great. <laughs> yes, Doctor. DDS. <laughs> you almost wish she would stop doing it somewhere in the middle there, but she never does. So, yeah. you know, credit to the commitment. 
I am and, and I am a fan of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> and and I'm for like within audio cues. Like eventually, after like five minutes or ten minutes, you get used to it. It's it's one of those things. Like for all the podcast listeners out there, if you like a podcast, if it doesn't sound good, or if you like music and it doesn't sound good in the very beginning, after you listen to it a couple of times, you kind of get used to it. In this movie. Every time she opened her voice, I was like, oh, it pulls me out. It pulls me out. But hey, it, whatever. It doesn't take away from the movie too much, but I will say I'm not a fan of her voice. This this is a campy thing. It's supposed to be campy. It, this stems from a Roger Corman, a B-movie master, basically, uh, movie, you know, with that Jack Nicholson performance that I often note, uh, frequent uh, J- uh, Roger Corman collaborator. And then it became like an off-Broadway play. And then it, Frank Oz took it, figured out a way. It was Spielberg, kicked it around. It kind of floated around development for a while. And they gave it sort of this weird spin, but everybody's kind of overacting in it on purpose. So it's hard to fault it for basically doing exactly probably what Frank Oz wanted to do. Let's not forget Frank Oz, Yoda, uh, the Muppets guy, a musical guy. He made some great movies. What about Bob, the score, House Sitter? He's got a great resume. He wanted them to behave this way. So no, and, and 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 I get that like I, it's a gimmick for each of them. Each of them has like an exploit or or they're all playing characters that are a bit outlandish. But when you look at Steve Martin's character, he way overdoes it. That one doesn't bother you. No. No, no. It, it's like, what is the joke for her character? Her The joke for her character is just her voice. Whereas for Steve Martin's character, he is embodying this douchebag with uh, Rick Moranis' <laughs> character. She's he's a broken embod- individual. That's, yeah, that's kind of how she voice, played it. it. It's not dependent on her voice. It's how she, she acts. She decided to make this choice for her voice. And that's what I don't get about this gimmick. Is the joke her voice? Because I don't like that joke. She could have played it another way still being a broken individual without having to use that voice. You know I, what I mean? I remember being taken aback. And again, I hadn't seen it in a few years. So this was exciting. Uh, Rick Moranis can sing. I mean, yeah, man, he hits definitely. the notes. <laughs> <laughs> and he has a big mouth, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember how old he was in this movie, but I, don't, I wouldn't have necessarily thought he was a perfect casting for Seymour. But I really can't picture anybody else doing it. I'm going to have a hard time with Taron Edgerton, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you definitely need somebody small and scrawny and just, yeah. you know, glasses for sure. You need <laughs> glasses, the glasses. Yeah. 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 Toby Maguire. <laughs> yeah, it, basically, yeah. yeah. Toby, Toby Maguire. And if you want the cool version, Andrew Garfield. Or if you want the cooler <laughs> version, Tom Holland. But uh, yeah, definitely with Audrey's voice, like it's annoying, but I think it's funny just how annoying it is. And even mm. just like her whole dynamic with Steve Martin, because of course it's like, you know, it's domestic violence, but it's so <laughs> over the top. Like it's so like, it's so handcuffs tyler oh yeah like don't don't worry tyler we all know that you think domestic violence is funny it's so it's so funny like it's so over the top it's literally like something out of telemundo you know like it's it's so funny i definitely get that and it it is funny their interaction is great like they're they're back and forth with rick moranis steve martin and uh ellen green is that it yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah. x-files episode Uh, by the way one of my favorites yeah, like I, I think it's great. It's just that uh, this her voice, it's just so out there. It, it really pulls me out every time she talks. Um, and it, I, I know it's not going to be the same for everyone. That's just me personally. Oh, yeah, but definitely like every time it opens and especially like in Suddenly Seymour. And I think and I know we talked <laughs> about it where it's just like that is the one song like it's I, I think it's funny because they play it like all the time and they even play the music too and you kind of want to sing along the suddenly Seymour suddenly Seymour yeah. I don't think That's I can recite one, all right? any other line <laughs> yeah. standing <laughs> beside you yeah and so literally like I can't it's same here I, I cannot think of another line other than suddenly Seymour and just don't that first time don't need no <laughs> well Nick, it, Nick yeah, is Nick an knows exception it. yeah Nick knows it <laughs> all by heart the song basically <laughs> so but it is it is just like with that first song when they sing it I'm just like this is going on for so long you know <laughs> of course I like the sets too you know I like the that you kind of yeah. that dirty grimy yeah, I was gonna they're say. great yeah. yeah and all the props that they use awesome and, the, uh, Audrey too she looks great it's yeah. funny because you think about Frank Oz and the Muppets uh, uh, Howard Ashman is the guy who wrote the play and I just wanted to get it out there that Alan Menken who made all the music for all your favorite Disney movies like Little Mermaid uh, Aladdin Beauty and the Beast uh, he's the lyricist for uh, the play, which ended up becoming the movie. Incredible music. But the choice that Frank Oz makes with like the puppetry of Audrey 2 and the puppet, almost like the puppetry of the set, 
you know, it's a gooberish kind of set in a weird sort of isolated. It almost looks mm. like it's in a theater or something. Um, yeah, but it yeah. All everything works. is yeah condensed. Yeah, and, it's very and condensed. claustrophobic. Yeah. Yeah, so what was the budget on this? Because, of course, the set pieces had to go in there. And, of course, you know, Audrey, too, had to, you know, ring up some cash. So, so you want the numbers, Tyler. Yeah, give me the numbers. All right, so the numbers for 1986, Little Shop, Little Shop of Horrors, um, $25 million budget. Okay, so for 1986, that's actually pretty good. You remember Ghostbusters was in that $30 million range. Um, I think they expected it to do really, really well. It did have some development problems. It only made around 38 million US. It didn't open overseas. So it didn't quite break even. It probably needed to get to around 60 million. Um, but it definitely has a cult following and it is beloved. And the music and essentially the story from the, the movie, with the exception of the ending, I know you guys, most of you saw both endings, right? Two drastically different endings here. Um, the darker one is from the play and the lighter one is for the movie because audiences didn't love it so much. Uh, I think they should have stuck with the original ending because maybe it would have made more money. But like I said, it didn't have a great theatrical run, but it's definitely had a big cult following. It is beloved by a lot of people. Uh, critics gave it a 90%, which is pretty impressive. Uh, anybody want to guess the audience? Uh, probably in the 70s. I'm going to take a shot Really? At it. Wow. I'm going to say 80s, mid 80s. 79. So right Ooh, on the cusp of 80. Wow. So a little yeah. bit of a gap there, but not too, too bad. So mostly beloved. It's sort of dubbed as like this black comedy musical. I'm not even sure that's fair. I think it's kind of on its own. I don't think any other musical is really like it, but it's definitely a musical. It's a hard musical. Mm. Yeah, because of course, when you think of horror musicals not too many come to mind i guess uh phantom of the opera maybe i'm not a musical yeah, person maybe. but <laughs> a very hard maybe right there but it definitely does stand stand alone but it's crazy that you know this is still i think this is still pretty popular even today like where most people can watch it and oh, still yeah, have yeah. a good time of course you know audrey too looks great um i'm not sure what the version i watch i'm pretty sure i watched the director's cut because, oh, yeah. like, the Audrey 2, like, you can tell that they did some cleanup, you know, in the past, what, 50 <laughs> or past years that has come out. That I think so, too, especially with the actual the lighting and the color. Actually, the the second ending, so if you saw the end of the world ending, that was only fixed and corrected in 2012. When they originally had filmed it, I think it was filmed in black and white, so they had to add color to it. Yeah. And you could only start seeing it basically after two, uh, 2012. So the second the movie got like a second life because they started releasing it with a new ending, that sort of director's cut, which is like a good 20 minutes of the end that nobody ever saw before. I remember when I saw that ending, I was like, holy crap, because I, wa- I was lucky enough to see this once in person. Uh, more of a local theater group, but I saw it in person. It was amazing. And I was like, wow, that's not how the movie ends. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, holy shit, I can't believe I'm actually seeing it now in film. Yeah, when I when I first watched this, I watched the original. And then when I was watching it this time around, I was like, I don't remember any of this. It's like, long, I man. Really... <laughs> no, 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 the movie I remember. But when it got to the end, I was like, wait, it didn't end like it did it. And <laughs> just until uh, talking to Nick right now, did I find out that, oh, it's an alternate ending, so <laughs> I, I really need to revisit the original cut so I can remind myself how the ending was because I forget. So it's uh, much it's much more pleasant. So <laughs> real real quick before we go into the our commercial break and of course spoiler warning as you know you all know what so the director's cut ends with that's the end of the world cut right or that's yes, the correct. alternative ending. And then, the, that is not the original. That is the director's cut. That but that is, is how cut. the Broadway or off-Broadway play, that's how it's often done in the musical with that darker ending. Okay, where mm. Seymour or Seymour 2 takes over the world, everybody, right? Yeah. Everybody dies. Mm. Seymour everybody dies, dies. Audrey dies. Just the plants take over the world. Okay. And of course, the theatrical cut is the, uh, you know, the lawn and the happy house at the end of the he story. He pulls her out mm. and you get the happy version. Yep. But you do, yeah. get, yeah. you do get the tiny Audrey 2 coming back. So. Yeah. yeah. I kind of like that too. Yeah. You I like can't that go too. wrong. Yeah, There's no wrong answer here. All right, guys. So we're just going to take a quick commercial break to hear from our sponsor. It all began in this little shop. Ow! Damn roses! Where, strange as it seems, something extraordinary happens. I'm afraid it isn't feeling very well today. No, it's not. What kind of a weird plot is that, Seymour? Little Shop of Horrors, a story about a boy. I've given you sunlight, I've given you rain. Looks like you're not happy, unless I open a vein. Where did you get 
have such a weird plan. A girl. You don't make nice boys when you live on schedule, Mr. Mushnik. Now this is my date, my boyfriend. A florist. I'm telling you, Audrey, he's not a good, clean kind of boy. He's a professional. You'll be a dead. You have a talent for causing pain. Hey, stop me a dead. People will pay you to be a dead. I've been saving all month for this. I think I need a root canal. I'm sure I need a long, slow root canal. Feed me Seymour. And a plant. Feed me all night long. How am I supposed to keep on feeding you? Whoa! Catch me now, I'm just a mean green mother from outer space and I'm gay. I'm just a mean green mother from outer space and it looks like you've been had. Yes! So as always, spoiler warning, even though we just said it before the commercial break, but we know how everybody <laughs> gets. Me, um, <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, it opens up with the the scrawl, right? The Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. Yeah, just the, open it up, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Star Wars kind of, you know? <laughs> exactly, like, exactly. Stan Jones, and, a wonderful uh, voice actor, also narrates there. Great voice. It works really well. The one thing that I really liked also was the three consistent singers that the they Chiffons. bring out. Tisha yeah. Campbell from Martin. Are you guys old enough yeah. to remember Martin? That was Gina. The beautiful I knew it was Gina. Gina. Oh, she yeah, crushed I it. I knew it was Gina. Okay. <laughs> she great. All right. I mentioned that when I was watching it with my wife. But and I, I love how do... they keep reappearing. Did that bother exactly. anybody? I thought it was genius. No, no, I thought it was great. I thought it was great in the form of the musical because then you just have these these three singers that instead of a narration, da-do, they're singing what's going on. And no one, no one like interacts with them. No one like notices them or cares. Except it's for Mister Muchkin. Well, like, because there were characters at that point, but when they're actually singing in their glammed up costumes. Total eclipse of the sun. (laughs) Yeah, I I thought it was great. And it reminded me a lot of Hercules when in Hercules they would do that. Oh, yeah, you're right. By the way, Alan Menken, guess what? Hercules did the lyrics. Oh, really? Okay, that's awesome. (laughs) He's a great composer. Really, really underrated. We think about this sometimes. I've talked about it on my blog a little bit. That people like John Williams or Alan Menken, folks of this nature that work primarily in cinema, they're like the Mozarts of today. You don't get just regular composers, really. There's a Yanni every <laughs> once in a while. But John Williams is, you know, he's crushing it, this guy. I don't know, Nick. You talk about the Mozarts of today. Not all of their songs are lasting the test of time. Well, we don't know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> what about, uh, you know, Photograph by Nickelback? That's your Mozart. Oh, yeah. There you go. When aliens come and take over the world, that they're not. They're not going to acknowledge Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I'd like to talk about the uh, the audio producing because it's a musical. We have to talk about it. And I think they do a wonderful job because I've mentioned this back in the La La Land episode when... Uh, this is our second musical, by the way, both chosen yes, by yours yes. truly. You're welcome, America. <laughs> but uh, I mentioned that uh, there were some weird audio leveling choices that they made where their normal speaking voices and all of a sudden there's this drastic change from their speaking voices into the actual song and they don't have that in this movie everything is very smooth it seems like they can break out into song at any moment and i like that they they're just having a conversation and the next thing you know boom everyone starts grounding around and singing and they're in the song i do agree you know what that makes it feel like it almost makes it feel like you're watching it live to a certain degree yeah, yeah. It, it really keeps the uh, the atmosphere of a musical. It keeps you engaged and you don't have these weird stints or breaks where you're like, oh, okay, now they're acting. The only part where it kind of breaks for me is that Suddenly Seymour song, just because there's such a drastic change between Audrey's speaking voice and then her singing voice. I, I like her singing voice. It has that nice rasp and roundness to it, but it's just such a distinct change that it pulls me out every time. You might be right about that. There's enough numbers here where like I remember La La Land has that opening sequence, which is kind of drastically different from anything else in the movie. Uh, Very much stands out here. Downtown, the Skid Row song or even suddenly Seymour. It's pretty seamless to me. And I think the cinematography is done by Robert Painter. He's very famous. He makes like a very minimal choices. And sometimes the minimalism is what you need in movies like this. Mm. Definitely, at least for me, like with the singing, it's I got to give it to Audrey, too. You know, oh, Just, yeah. Yeah. Subs, you know where he's yeah. from? Oh, man. The four tops, baby. Yeah. Great <laughs> fucking voice. 
<laughs> so I I gotta give it to Audrey too because feed just feed me Seymour. It's summertime. <laughs> so of course, like you know, it's just it's the songs I really like, and I like as far as like just everything, all the work they put into you know making Audrey too. Because I think they had three puppets that they had made. Or no, sorry, they had a couple different puppets they had made of Audrey too, but they also had three different sets of the uh, the flower shop. So of course, mm. to make him look bigger than what he actually was. Was and, was Audrey too likable to you guys? I think it's an important question. Uh, yeah, I mean, for what he is, yeah, I I think because. He's just this alien that is giving Seymour like everything he wants. And at it first doesn't was... bother you that he checks the uh, the payphone for the extra dime just in case. No, because no, you know, I thought you know, you know, back to what you said, it has that B movie vibe, and yeah, this is the monster. Yeah, you know so what I mean? Important. Like this is this is the monster movie, or this is the monster you, portion. You of have it, to be and... loyal to Roger Corman, and if you guys don't know him, the Pit and the Pendulum, uh, the Wasp Woman, Teenage Caveman. I mean, just a bunch of crappy B movies that you can see on Mystery Science Theater three thousand. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he's a legend, you know, but you have to be like true to his campiness and weirdness and B movie nature. And I think Frank Oz pays the proper homage here. Yeah, and it's good. And even the song was it Mean Green Mother from Outer Space, you know, oh, yeah. and just as That's he's singing it, and <laughs> even just as he, you know, starts to walk and he starts to fight. Oh, you against, don't know you know, what Rick you're Moranis dealing with, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I thought it was also interesting that he's the most vulgar out of all of the yeah. uh, characters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would think that uh, Steve Martin's character would throw in like a, a, a f bomb or something like that. <laughs> no, it's Audrey too. I mean, he does eat people, and uh, you know, of course, even just everything surrounding like Audrey too. You know, him, you know, getting the blood or like you know, I guess uh, was it what's it called when you're kissing your lips. You're puckering them, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah smacking, yeah. smacking, yeah, yeah. smacking. Yeah, so just please grow for me. <laughs> <laughs> Does I'm it have to be sunlight. mine? <laughs> Give me dirt. So one one thing that I wanted to ask is. I don't get how, okay, he's supposed to be a smooth-talking alien to get what he wants. I get that. But he's making all these promises that I can get you all of this and stuff like that. How do you know that? Like, <laughs> that is a good in question. all honesty, yeah, in all honesty, <laughs> that's all dependent on Rick Moranis to do something with uh, with Audrey 2. Because in all honesty, Audrey 2 can grow, but Rick Moranis can just put him in the basement and then nothing will come from his growth. You know what I mean? You know, so, uh, watching it... That's a, that's a it, pretty fair point. Yeah, like, watching it, I always, like, before I, you know, they throw out, like, the uh, the outer space thing. Like, if you didn't know Audrey 2 was from outer space, it'd be like, oh, is he, like, supernatural, in a sense? And, you know, because you <laughs> kind of get that like vibe that they a just little. Throw, they just throw it in. They're just like, yeah, yeah he's from outer space. You know, fuck it. <laughs> it's a B-movie. So we can do know. whatever we want. <laughs> <laughs> you can make things happen when you're from outer space, but, all right? So... <laughs> Even with that, though, even with that, they still needed to include the racist Chinese shop. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> that was weird, yeah. <laughs> like, first, they're trying to put a red herring that, oh, it's ancient Chinese secret. Now he's an alien. <laughs> you, know what, you know what makes it even funnier? It's just that that plant randomly showed up there, and that Chinese guy just still sold it to him, you know? Just <laughs> for $1.35, $1.85, just like any business owner would. Like, yeah, that's mine. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I do like, you mentioned all the cameos. Obviously, the John Candy, uh, Wink, Wink Winkleman or whatever, Winkleton. Uh, that's a cool cameo and a funny one. But Christopher Guest, he's the first customer that comes in and he's like twice as many roses. You know, like all this stuff is very tongue <laughs> oh, yeah. in cheek. You know, it's, it's oh, crazy. I love I just love that tone. It, it's it's funny with the overacting. I do like that with all the the side characters and stuff like that. John Candy too, Jim Belushi, uh, Bill Murray. Yeah, they're great. I I, I love that uh, that overacting thing because it really does play into the campiness, like you were saying, Nick. And I, it reminds me that I'm I'm watching a musical, so it needs to be like this. It definitely has that right. feeling of this era, right? And as you pointed out with the La La Land, the last musical we did, there really isn't that distinction. And I think when the music comes it makes it more jarring that way here it's like i'm sitting in the audience and they tell you exactly what the rules are like you always like to say they they set the tone right away and then it stays consistent throughout jim belushi um was only in the the uh version that we saw cinematically uh it's a different character if you watch the long version i believe yeah oh really 
Which character was he? Jim Belushi's the one in the uh, the happy ending movie where he tries to get Seymour to make a deal about the plant so they can take it worldwide. Oh, but it's a different okay. actor in the longer edit of the movie. Yeah, the director's yeah, yeah. Cut. Okay, all right, yeah. I, when you mentioned Jim Belushi, Tyler, I was like, he was in this movie. <laughs> so you may have not yeah. seen him, but <laughs> just he was for there. a little bit. Yeah, so <laughs> just just for a little bit, he's in there. But of course, like you know, kind of back to Steve Martin. You know, I love Steve Martin in this as the oh, yeah. dentist. He crushes it. Just, he so crushes it. Just you know him, like you, you know, want some inhaling. Oxide? You good? Yeah, exactly. Okay, yeah, good. yeah. <laughs> What's your name? It's uh, he says everything Cecil? but Seymour. Yeah, Cecil, like Stephen. So it's it's crazy. Like I love that he's just he's just this dentist who is doing nitric oxide, you know, just on the side or even when he's driving. And even <laughs> after like the whole thing with Bill Murray and of course Bill Murray just you know being <laughs> being all excited to meet with this you know this abusive yeah. dentist. He's even after sitting all that, on the and... chair with like his feet are on the chair. <laughs> he's so <laughs> excited and she's like you know he goes this guy have an appointment and she's like I don't know I'm off duty. <laughs> <laughs> yes, doctor, get out of here, you freak! I can't deal with you this sicko. shit. <laughs> so and just even of course when uh, Seymour goes to you know to take out uh, the doctor. Uh, what's his name uh steve martin and it's just it's a great scene like i love it where of course steve martin's like i need a real good pet me up because that last you know patient was terrible so he puts on yeah. the, the, the modified gas mask which looks amazing <laughs> and he's just yeah, inhaling yeah, the yeah. it reminded <laughs> and, me of uh, mad max <laughs> yeah it did yeah exactly so and i just love that he's just inhaling this nitric oxide and of course he accidentally breaks the lever and uh, you know rick moranis you know seymour is just like well i'm technically not killing him but i sort of am i don't see the difference but i love how it's just like even at the end of it like he He's still he's still an asshole because Steve Martin's just like, what did I ever do to you? And he's like, because of her. Her who? You know, he's like, oh, <laughs> he didn't remember her. Him. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it may have been because he was high also, like off, oh, a yeah, lot of yeah. nitric oxide. And but you know, send them laughing, I guess. So, but it's it's great. And even just that's the one thing I remember from a kid, you know, watching this is of course Seymour chopping up Steve Martin and feeding the pieces of until you know it's genius. To, uh, and and again, Audrey you have too. to have a victim that sort of like makes you continue to like Audrey too a little bit. So Audrey yeah. manipulates Seymour and he sings the the song and he's like come on you don't know anybody you yeah know, same, there's at least one guy out there yeah same was, as uh oh sorry go ahead ryan <laughs> no I, I was just about to say that like uh the director made a choice to all the things that you could do to to convince the audience that this guy is a douchebag, let's do it. Like you know, <laughs> he's he's a big jerk to everyone. He doesn't remember people's names. He doesn't care about them. He blames the girl for falling off of his motorcycle. Um, he's he's abusive. Like all the, he's a, like a, a thug and a rebel and all that. A all sadist. the things that you can do. Yeah, yeah. A, a, a masochist. Or <laughs> yeah. just, yeah. yeah. So uh, all the things that they could make to make him a deuce bag, let's, let's just throw it in there. And then you're going to want him to feed him to uh, Audrey. Yeah. And even kind of the same with like the shop owner, where it's just like, you know, he obviously just adopted, you know, Seymour just for the free labor, you know, mm, yeah, and yeah. All my of life, course, I've always <laughs> been poor. And of course, like even in that scene when he's, you know, busting Seymour for chopping up uh, Steve Martin, he's just like, well, I could let you go. You could, you know, lay low for 30 or 40 years. You just got to tell me how to take care of Audrey, too. And we're good to go. So like even then, like he kind of seals his fate. And then, of course, yeah. I, I do like that scene where he's just backing him up. He's like, well, you got to feed him, you know, minerals and it's stuff. This, it's and then... this interesting moral <laughs> dilemma. Yeah, but it's lovely. And there is some tension there. Uh, my question is, you guys probably remember uh, being a little bit younger than me. Was any of it scary to you as a kid? No, not really. Um, but I did show mm. this. I did show the Feed Me Seymour, like the dance song uh, to my daughter, and she got scared. So. Really? <laughs> See, I think, it, I think it merits this. I think there's a little bit of scary, just a sous-son of scariness, if you will. Yeah. We were made of tougher yeah. things, I guess. So, but, <laughs> but no, like well, they knew you would go on to things like hereditary and shit. So yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. this is this was the start. This was ground zero right Exploding here. Exploding so. heads every five minutes. People <laughs> yeah. slipping on brainage. Yeah, we get it. <laughs> All right, guys. So uh, we're gonna move on to our next segment. So just rating and a close. So any final thoughts you have on this, and you can give it a rating too. Why don't you go ahead and go first, Nick? Since this was your pick. So I love this movie, and I think it holds up pretty dang well. I've seen it multiple times. I have it on my iPod. I probably have an album here somewhere i know i had it on vhs um it's surprising because frank oz does a great job directing i love so many of his movies as a director everybody thinks of him as yoda and fozzy bear but he's a good director he's got a great eye for cinema 
I think there's so much of this movie that's good. The one downside I would say is that sort of like director's cut with the weird ending. That's it. This is why I did it. I was always going to pick Beetlejuice or Gremlins. We did Cabin in the Woods with that fatalistic ending. And I remember the Little Shop of Horrors the first time uh, just a few years ago when I saw this ending for the full time after I saw the play in person. It's crazy. And I'm not sure like what he was up against there. But I do think like the first two acts are amazing and the third act falls off just a tiny, tiny bit. But there really aren't any uh, good answers. I like both endings a lot and I love the music. I love the actors. I love the vibe of this movie. It's definitely in my top 10 musicals of all time. And it's a 7.5 for me on the Shawshank scale. Might even be an eight, you know, it's right in that neighborhood. Hmm. So uh, for me, I I really liked it. it. It's definitely one of those nostalgic movies for me. I remember watching it was a, when a kid, and it's been a long time since I've seen it. Uh, I definitely forgot a lot of things, but when the music started playing, I was like, oh, yes, I remember this song. And it got me singing along with some of the songs. I think it's a really fun movie. I think the chemistry with the cast and every, like you can really tell that they're enjoying themselves in this musical. I'm going to give it a 7.5 also, just because uh so 7.5 like, I like it. Yeah. It's it's not my it's not my favorite musical and I I have a couple of them that I return to. This one it took a while for me to return to, but I think I would return to it maybe in a couple of years Would again, you see this because, thing live? Am I allowed to ask that yeah, question? Yeah, I would definitely watch it live. I think that would be cool. Um but yeah, it, it's not my favorite, but it's definitely up there. Seven and a half, I think is totally fair and uh it, it's just little nitpicky things that I don't like. Uh, Obviously, I've mentioned it. The biggest thing is just her voice. But if they do a remake and a, and Scarlett Johansson, uh, I'm certain that she would kill it. I hope she and... does the voice just to make you mad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope not. I hope not. But uh, 7.5, I think that's really good. As the yeah. as the Oren Scrivello of this podcast, if you guys need to chop me up to feed me to the plant to keep the world going, I'm fine with it. I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, so I would absolutely watch this live like as for the play. And I'd give this a really good 7. I think there's some room to Grow right there. I'll take I watched it. it. I watched it all the time as a kid, of course, and I think I could rewatch this probably once a year or once every other year, especially around Halloween time. Um, oh, yeah. The thing that, of course, does it for me is Audrey 2. I just love the effort mm. and the work that they put into making Audrey 2, and just it looks good, especially like I know they did a little bit of a touch up on it, but it's even the touch ups you can tell that they didn't touch. Like, it looks good. How about and the so little Audrey 2s? Oh, yeah. They're pretty dang cute. <laughs> yeah, it's no, very all, so the Audrey 2s look great. So I just, I like the idea of this, you know, it's that little shop of horrors, but also a monster movie where you have this plant that's just eating people, you know, or surviving on <laughs> blood. Alien plant. So, all right, uh, we're going to move on to our next segment. So uh, recommendations. So anything you guys want to recommend or don't want to recommend that you caught over the week or the weekend? I got a couple quick ones. Um, I will revisit The Vow. It is so disturbing. I know you're watching it. I think yeah. we got one or two more episodes to go. I we're getting into the it, sex so. stuff. It's creepy. It's just very weird. And I think it's timely because there's news breaking even a couple days ago. One of the people involved went to jail or was sentenced finally in that scandal. Yeah, yeah so I heard that just too, shocking. Yeah. So that and the boys, obviously, everybody's still watching that. We can talk about that a little bit on the next episode. And then, of course, uh, Allison Elwood did an amazing documentary. I got like a free preview of Showtime. And people have been telling me about this music documentary about the Go-Go's. Just incredible stuff. I can't stop talking about it. All right. <laughs> Anything you caught, Ryan? Well, I uh, had to get HBO Max again just so that I can watch this movie. And since I have it, I might as well watch what they offer. They had the Studio Ghibli stuff, obviously. Uh, but I decided to go into some of the Adult Swim shows that they have. Uh, the Brack show, that's obviously really good. And some of the Cartoon Network shows uh, like Samurai Jack. But the one thing that I have been watching a lot of, and it's partly because of my wife and us, like just trying to take care of the kid we need something to unwind and very calm and very like uh gentle we've been watching the great british bake show nice oh, yeah. Weird. Cooking show. yeah yeah and it's it's very pleasant like it's so drastically different from like cooking shows in america where everyone's all cutthroat and not willing to help each other and they like to see each other fail vicious. in this show yeah they're vicious in this show it's just so interesting to see how kind and how gentle everyone is one of them was like oh i can't open this jar and then he's like can you open it and he gives it to one of their rivals or another contestant and then they open it for him 
him and get, just give it to him. Like it's it's just so funny. Um, and the the judges, they're not like rough at all. They're like, oh, it, well, it was okay. Like you know, it could have been a little <laughs> bit better, but you know, it's not the best thing that I've had. And it's just like they're so nice that when they do offer criticism that's a little bit harsh it makes you feel really bad for the baker (laughs) if you guys haven't watched it i know there's a lot of people that love the show but i just find it very soothing very gentle what about the food in the right spot oh the the food is great yeah the food looks good And, and it's all bakery goods you know um cakes breads pies tarts it like it all looks awesome some of them look kind of bad but i'm certain that they taste delicious <laughs> yeah i've seen the uh, the halloween wars ones and those mm. bake-off shows too um yeah <laughs> but i definitely watched uh south park the pandemic special that's actually oh, yes. quarantine one. <laughs> uh, you know what it's not bad i think I think it's uh it has a lot to say. It's their first hour special that they did. It's over on HBO Max too. So mm. it's it's funny. Um it feels like they just been trying to sum up this whole entire quarantine everything since March kind of in one episode. Um it's not my favorite episode, but I do like that they gave us like an hour special. I don't know when we're going to get that, you know, the following season, but at least we got that hour special to go through. And of course, uh we'll be doing like a little bit of a special episode on the boys cuz the season just ended just came out Exploding as the time of recording. Heads everywhere. It's yeah, it's it's good. <laughs> um of course, I already caught the series finale and it's well worth the watch. If you're not watching the boys, go watch it. It's fun or at least go pick up the comic because even that's interesting. Um next week we're going to do the Blair Witch Project. Project. Oh, oh so, project. Yeah. I know, I know. Again? Yeah, I know, I know. I Can hear we do some, Witches uh, of Eastwick? Absolutely not. <laughs> so I know I hear that. Like, that's everybody. It's either, ooh, and then like, oh, cool. I could watch that again, you know? So uh, it's over on Hulu. Yeah, I got to talk about the Blair Witch Project because it's it's crazy how much that movie has done for the whole I'm, genre. I'm like, definitely looking forward to this. Yeah. It's a cinematic it's achievement. Great. I'll give it that. It, but it I'm definitely is. Over it. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely because uh you know of course i don't think it's age well as, as at all but we'll cover oh, yeah. it next week yeah so it's definitely our generation's paranormal activity yeah, yeah. i mean that's fair yeah I, I was born i was at the i think the year it came out was the year i was born so i might have just so i think paranormal God, activity is probably my paranormal loud, activity feel yeah <laughs> <laughs> so oh, man i'm 40 <laughs> jesus <laughs> so uh of course next week i've already watched uh the 2016 version and i've seen the book of shadows one too which everybody hates i saw um, it but... was awful <laughs> we'll go more <laughs> into it so but ryan where can we find you at hey if you like listening to my voice or you just want more content i do another podcast called dragon questicles you can find us on spotify itunes or wherever you download podcasts if you just want to follow me you can find me on twitter and instagram at ryan underscore dot com that's ryan with an i underscore d-o-t-c-o-m you can always hit me up at realwatchability.com top 10 movies of the year top 10 movies of all time hit me up at twitter at real watch and be kind and check out the strange and interesting east to west with nick and rob podcast wherever podcasts are sold and we're Talking Flick. You can follow us over on Twitter at Flick underscore Talking. And if you like us, you can leave a rating and review. you going to rate us, feed me. Uh, whatever podcast <laughs> app you listen to. But of course, Spotify and Apple are the big ones. Uh, we also have Patreon. We can donate any amount of money, get access to other content. And we'll have a link in the description for everybody's stuff. Finish the show, Ryan. Hey, that was Talking Flick, and we will talk at you next week. Spooky. Suddenly see Standing (laughs) beside you. You don't need no makeup. Yes. Yes, what? Yes, Doctor. <laughs> DDS. Yes, DDS. <laughs> Legendary performance. Uh, All right. You like how she pushes the bike, too? She pushes it for him. <laughs> <It's so good. laughs>